0: Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa John. Welcome back to another episode of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. So today I'd like to talk about money and happiness. Can money buy happiness? Well, money can buy products, services, and experiences. Money can buy access to people. And lack of basic necessities of life, like food, shelter, and clothing, can certainly be linked to unhappiness. Studies show that money can actually increase the quality of life, but only up to a point. And there is a lot of research that shows that wealthier people are not happier. A landmark study by Daniel Kahneman and Inge Deaton in 2010 came to the conclusion that once people earned $75,000 a year, increased income had no impact on increasing happiness. A study in 2018 published in Nature Human Behavior found that an annual income of $105,000 was sufficient for ideal life satisfaction in North America for a single person. For a family of four, that number was 210,000, calculated by taking the square root of the household size multiplied by 105,000. This means that as physicians, unless we have a lot of kids, we probably make enough money for ideal life satisfaction. Yes, this number was for all of North America, and this study was worldwide. They did not compare those living in high cost of living areas like New York City to low cost of living areas. There are studies that show that wealth seems to make us less generous. This goes from studies that are in the laboratory of people playing rigged monopoly games to looking at the real world, where researchers found that wealthier people tend to give a smaller percentage of their income to charity. There are also studies where when people are put in a position to think of themselves as suddenly rich, they tend to give answers that tend to isolate themselves from others. Even thinking about being wealthy can lead to behavioral changes. In one study, one group of students was given a stack of monopoly money where they were asked to imagine a wealthy future. The other group of students were not given money and were asked to think about their plans for the next day. When a research assistant stumbled in front of them and spilled a bunch of pencils everywhere, the students with the stack of monopoly money picked up fewer pencils compared to the other group of students. And the point is, is that making more money is probably not the key to your happiness. A sudden boost of income may increase your happiness for a little while, but eventually it will become the new normal and you'll end up feeling similar to how you do now. Unless, of course, you work on your mindset. However, there are ways of adjusting how you spend money that can increase your happiness. Many people in the United States aspire to buy their dream home. In fact, 90% of Americans link home ownership to living the American dream. While buying a nicer home may seem like it would increase your happiness, Studies actually show that it does not. It does increase the satisfaction with the house, but it does not increase satisfaction with life. So here's an exercise I want you to do. Think of the purchases that you have made with the goal of increasing your happiness. Consider one purchase, which was a material thing, an object you get to keep, like a piece of jewelry or a car. Now think of a purchase that gave you a life experience, like a trip or a concert which of these purchases made you happier? When presented with this exercise, around 57% of Americans reported that the purchase of the experience made them happier than the material purchase, while 34% reported the opposite. So instead of focusing on buying material things, focus on buying experiences. However, not all experiences are created equal. There are some experiences that are more likely to increase your happiness. Look for experiences that bring you together with other people and foster a sense of social connection. These can be trips with your family or participating in an event with friends. Experiences that make for a memorable story, which you can tell for years to come, also appears to increase happiness. This is likely what makes sleeping on an ice bed in an ice hotel in Norway sound more appealing than a more comfortable bed at the Marriott. Making something a treat rather than an everyday experience increases the joy of having that item or experience. When something wonderful is always available, it becomes less appreciated. When we have limited access, it also becomes more desirable. By making something we enjoy a special indulgence rather than a daily necessity, we tend to actually enjoy it more. By having something we desire every day, we tend to habituate to it. When Michigan researchers asked car owners to think about the last time they drove their car and rate how much they enjoyed the drive, there was no difference between people who drove an expensive luxury car compared to people who had economy models or even a Kelly Blue Book car valued at $400. This is likely because people get used to the car that they drive every day. When car owners were asked to think about the last time they just drove their car for fun, and they thought about their most recent joyride, those individuals with more expensive cars actually did report more pleasure driving. It's only when the purpose of driving becomes focused on the drive itself, instead of driving as a way to get from point A to point B, that the more expensive car actually brought more happiness. Buying back our time and outsourcing tasks we'd rather not do can also increase happiness. Having someone clean your house, which frees up your time, increases happiness, but only when you use that newfound time to do something enjoyable, like spending time with family or working on a hobby. If you use that time to do more work, it's unlikely to bring you any more happiness. And in fact, wealthy people tend to outsource more household tasks, but they also generally tend to feel more rushed and to lack time. Having more material affluence may feel to yield more happiness, in part because of the decrease of time affluence that is associated. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. So I once heard someone say, anyone who says money can't buy happiness hasn't given enough of it away. In fact, people who report donating money to charity feel wealthier than those who do not, even controlling for how much money they make. The Gallup World Poll surveyed representative samples of people in 136 countries with over 200,000 respondents. People who donated to charity in the past month reported greater satisfaction in life in 120 of 136 countries, suggesting that being more generous actually has a positive effect on one's happiness. Across all 136 countries, rich and poor alike, donating to a charity has a similar relationship to happiness as doubling household income. When it comes to giving, there are some caveats of when giving increases our happiness. The first is, is that has to be our choice. And that may seem obvious. Many of us have experienced a situation where we feel obligated to buy some overpriced item when the neighborhood kid shows up on our front door selling chocolate bars for their school sports team. There was an MRI study that showed that there was less activation in the reward areas of the brain when the participant's donation was mandatory compared to when it was given by choice. Giving to others that you have a connection with also increases happiness. When we witness the impact of our giving, this increases the happiness of giving. This was demonstrated in a study where people were given a $10 Starbucks gift card. Some people were told to use the gift card to take someone else out for coffee at Starbucks. Others were told to give the gift card to someone, but specifically not go with them to the Starbucks. Another group of people were told to use the gift card on themselves. Half of these people went to Starbucks alone, while the other half went to Starbucks with someone, but only used the gift card on themselves. The people who used the gift card to take someone to Starbucks and pay for the other person reported the most happiness. Connecting with the recipient of the gift gave the most happiness. Studies also show that when you feel the impact of your giving, it also improves happiness. UNICEF and Spread the Net are both charities that help children. It may be hard to see how donating $10 to UNICEF can actually have substantial impact. Contrast this to spread the net, whose slogan is, a child dies needlessly from malaria every minute. One bed net can protect up to five children for five years. One net, 10 bucks, save lives. It's a lot easier to see how a $10 donation can make an impact to spread the net. And when donors gain money to spread the net, they got bigger happiness bang for their buck than when they gave money to UNICEF, according to Elizabeth Dunn and Michael Norton, the authors of Happy Money, The Science of Smarter Spending. So what are things that we can do to be more happy? Well, having social connection with people appears to be one of the most important components of happiness. If you are looking for more happiness, spend more time with family and friends. One of the reasons speculated about why the wealthy are less happy is that they are more socially isolated. Patricia Greenfield and Thatcher Keltner have independently found in their studies that as we grow wealthier, we value independence more and social connectedness less. Consider that wealthier people tend to live in larger houses that are more separated compared to living with roommates or multifamily communities. People who feel like they have plenty of free time or who are not stressed or rushed for time also tend to be happier. They also are more likely to exercise, do volunteer work, and other activities that are linked to increased happiness. Interestingly, feeling like your time is valuable can also make it feel like it's scarce. In a study at the University of Toronto, students played the role of consultants performing tasks of a fictitious company. Half of the students build the company at a rate of $9 per hour for their time, while the other half build the company at the rate of $90 per hour. Afterwards, students who build the company at that higher rate reported feeling more pressed for time, even though they completed the same task for the same amount of time as the students who build at the lower rate. By making the students' time worth more money, they began to feel more stressed. Scarcity tends to increase value, so conversely, something valuable may also be perceived as being scarce. As time becomes worth more money, people seem to see that time as increasingly scarce. This may be why wealthier people, who see their time as more valuable, also feel more stressed and rush for time, which tends to lead to less happiness. Another thing I found was that staying focused on your present activity, regardless if it's pleasant or unpleasant, also appears to increase happiness. So in the end, happiness is a mindset. It comes from our thoughts and our perceptions. Being more materially wealthy appears to alter the mindset in ways that can actually decrease happiness. Once we recognize this, we can make changes to avoid that trap. We can consciously spend our money in ways that increase our happiness. I would like to encourage all of us to have a wealthy and abundant mindset as we build our material wealth. That's what I would like to think of as growing a wealthy mindset. My goal in helping you grow a wealthy mindset is to have a mindset full of abundance and not one of scarcity. I hope that you'll continue on this journey as we all grow our wealthy mindsets. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. And now the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial professional and this show is really just for your education as well as your entertainment. I'm also a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please consult your own physician. Thank you.